The Kutisich is Chelek Yudzayin, Shmini Aleph, a deep Chesidah that is going to teach us the significance of the number eight and the idea that eight is transcendence or eight is infinity. It has been spoken numerous times that the division of Sedris, the 53 Sedris of Torah, as Agam in Yadr Sedris and Kama Parshis, in every Sedra, a Sedra would be Breshis, Noyach, Lachlacha, or Vayikra, Tzav, Shemini, that's called a Sedra. Within each Sedra, there are many sections. The sections are called Parshis, either from Rishon to Shani and Shani to Shlishi, or even sometimes shorter sections of the Torah, which are called Parshis. So every Sedra has a number of Parshis. Every Parsha is its own concept, its own idea. Nevertheless, from the fact that all of these parshiyas, regardless of what their respective topic is, from the fact that they are all included into the same sedra, this is a proof that there is one central theme that connects all of the individual sections. And since the theme, the content of everything is expressed and uh, pointed out in its name that it is called in Lashon HaKodesh, and Lashon HaKodesh name is not just a name of convenience, a random name chosen by people, but it actually reflects the inner theme uh, of whatever is carrying that name is move on, so it's understood as the Nakuda Hatichaina, that this central theme, which connects all the aspects of the of the Sadra, is is alluded to in the name of the Sadra, because the names of the Sadras are accepted names according to Torah. He mentions in the R3 to see Lukutusikas Khalikai, which in Lukutusikas Khalikai the Rebbe points out that the fact that these names, even though we don't necessarily know the source of them, but the fact that they have been accepted for thousands of years uh, gives them a chazoka and gives them a permanence alpitaida. And we could learn from a star. When you have to write a star, whether it's a ksuba or a get, that a name that a person has used for a number of times becomes his name or her name, becomes a chazoka. So to certainly names of sedris that have been used by Yidin for th over a few thousand years, certainly they have a sense of permanence according to Torah. So this, this name is going to tell us what is the central theme of this parsha of the sedra that connects all the parshias within the sedra. If you're talking about the specific content of a certain parsha, then the end of the previous parsha and beginning of this parsha are closer than the beginning of this, I should say, sedra. The end of last sedra and the beginning of this sedra are closer than the beginning of this sedra and the end of last sedra. For example, in the end of Shemois, Moshe says, And 
In Va'ira, Hashem answers Va'ira Lavram. So really, it's a question and answer. They're in two different sedras, but they're connected to each other. What happens at the end of the sedra is much less connected. So even though that when you're talking about the specific content of a certain parsha, the end of the sedra, or the end of the previous sedra, and the beginning of this sedra is closer connected than the end of last, than the beginning and end of one sedra. But the Baldi Parshius, the Baldi Parshius, Zainin Bismichus because the end of last Sedra and beginning of this Sedra, the two uh, sections are juxtaposed one to another. And the juxtaposition of two things in Torah are used to learn something. For example, in the end of, in the beginning of Parshius Batim, Rashi brings, why, were, why are Dinim connected to? Mizbeach, the end of Yisrael says uh, that you, they sh you shouldn't have steps to a Mizbeach, and then begins Parshas Mishpatim, and he explains to teach you that the Sanhedrin belong near the Mizbeach. Or in the end, in the beginning of Parshas Shlach Rashi brings, why is Parshas Meraglim next to, the, next to uh, Miriam? Miriam is the end of Baaloischa, and then comes the Meraglim, because Miriam was punished al Iske Diba for Lashon Hara. These Rishoyim, the Miraglim, they saw what happens when you speak Lashonara and they didn't take a lesson from it. So we see how the Tere explains to us the connection between two parshas that are, two, two sedris that are next to each other. So therefore, so when you have the, the end of one sedra, the beginning of another sedra, they are closely connected, based as their Svishan, their Erster Parsha, and their Lester name sedra. But if you look at the beginning and the end of the same sedra, there are a number of Parshas that separate them, and their topic might be to topics might be totally unrelated. But this underlying theme that connects the whole sedra, this is going to connect all of the parshias in one sedra and not the parsha in the previous sedra, even though it's very close to the beginning of the sedra. So very short. Every, every sedra is made up of a number of parshias. All the parshias within a sedra are connected to each other and alluded to in the name of the sedra. And sometimes they could be far from each other in, in, in space, in, in uh, the order of how it's brought down in the Torah. And the beginning of one sedra could be closer to the end of another sedra. And yet everything in this specific sedra is connected to this one theme that's bringing them all together. If Beis is going to now bring it to Parsha Shmini. From them is move on. Now let's apply this to our Sedra, the Sedra known as Shmini. Despite the fact that the beginning of our Sedra, the eighth day, is much closer connected to the end of the previous Sedra. As much as it would be connected to the end of this week's Sedra, which is going to teach us about the kosher and non-kosher animals. Which is at the end of, of the Sedra, the end of this Sedra. As it's understood literally, the eighth day, the eighth day has to be has to follow seven days before it. The eighth day is following 
the 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 uh, the idea of the seven days of inauguration of preparation shabesiyum from the sidik seder, which is at the end of the previous seder. But with Zaysachaya, with the eighth day, which was the dedication day of the of the Mishkan, and the parsha that speaks about kosher and non-kosher animals, they are seemingly totally unrelated. But since we just said that every seder has its unique topic, unique theme that separates it, that uh, uh, it st- stands it out, from all the other sedris is verstandig, therefore it's understood as the parshiyos vahiba yamashmini and zeisachaya haben beide ein toichin meyuchad was is nita in parshiyos kachas aron. So this tells me that the vahiba yamashmini, which is the beginning of the sedra, and zeisachaya, which is the end of the sedra, have one connected theme that. Kachas Aaron, which is the beginning of the parsha of the seven days of preparation to the eighth day of Miluim. Is not connected, even though this is the eighth day of the seven. The seventh day, the seven days are not connected to this theme, and Zoysachaya, the kosher and non-kosher animals, is connected to this theme. And this theme, the theme that connects Vayiba Yemashmini and the non-kosher and non-kosher animals, and of course everything else in the Sedra, is expressed in the name Shmini. So Steve Bass tells us that this idea that we just explained, that all the all the sedras, all the parshiyos in the sedra is, are connected, is something that we could see in Shmini, that even though it seems closer connected to the seven days that preceded the eighth day, nevertheless, since the eighth day and the parsha of kosher and non-kosher animals are in the same sedra, and the seven days are in a different sedra, there's going to be a closer connection, a theme that binds together uh, and the parsha about the kosher and non-kosher animals. So now let's figure that out. What is that theme going to be? In order to do that, we are going to Speak about the name Shmini. From them, was in the name of the Sedra is not ungedeit as Doreth sich wegen Shmini Lamiluim. In the name of the Sedra, we don't call it Shmini Lamiluim. We just call it Shmini. So there's no specification that we're talking about the eighth day of the seven days of Miluim. Un afilu bechlal nit afilu nit as Doreth sich wegen an achten tag bechlal. The name of the parsha, as it's known, is not known Yoyim Shmini. It's known Shmini. It doesn't even talk about the eighth day. In other words, in the name. But in the Sadra, he's not Yoim Shmini nor Shmini Stam. He's moving as though he's Negea, their colors, the Kayinu from Shmini. So it's understood that the theme of this week's parsha is going to be the general idea of the eighth. An Achter. And the specific detail that it was the eighth day of the Miluim, that is not going to be relevant to the theme of the Parsha. Even though it's, it, it, that is what it means, that it was the Yema Shmini La Miluim. But nevertheless, since the name of the Parsha is just Shmini, so just Shmini is going to be the theme of the Parsha. In the Mchilok, between the Shaykhs to see my Sadr Shalafanel, under Shaykhs to an under Parsha in the Sadr Gufa, and based as and what we explained in Save Base, that there's a difference between the connection between this Sadr and the previous Sadr, and two Parshas within this Sadr, Kumtois as Parshas Kaches Adam from the Friedrich Sadr, 
is b'regeya nekudamish to tefes blazak domatsushmini. The kaches arayin, which is somewhat connected to shmini, because it was the seven days that preceded the shmini. So their connection is only that kaches arayin is a precursor to the shmini. Obernita ziz a tail from shmini, but kaches arayin is not part of the eighth. It's the seven that came before the eighth. As it was literally, as the Shiva that the seven days of inauguration were a preparation, an introduction to the eighth day. But is a Since the parsha of kosher animals is in the parsha of Shmini, therefore it's not going to be a connection to Shmini uh, to, to the Bayema Shmini, or a a a uh, 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 something that's related to it. But it's going to be a part of Shmini because it's in the Seder of Shmini. So we have to understand number one, what's the connection? So based on these three seifim. We're now going to try to explain, number one, what is the connection between Vahiba Yoimashmini and Zoysachaya, which are seemingly two unrelated things. Let's just talk about the eighth day, the day of the dedication of the Mishkan, Rishchidosh Nisan, in the Midbar. And Zoysachaya, which is the parsha of kosher animals and non-kosher animals. They are seemingly two unrelated ideas, we, but they have to be connected. So we have to figure out what's their connection. And number two, we have to figure out how it connects with the name Shmini. And that's going to be the journey that we're about to go on in this Sikha. First, we're going to have to understand what Shmini is. What is the, what is the significance of the number eight? And then we're going to go from there. Uh, uh, we're going to delve deeply to understand this theme of eight, al And then we'll come back at the end to Parsha Shmini. Shmini. So we'll understand this by first introducing In the idea of the number eight, we find two extremes. The number eight is removed from the preceding seven. Um, the Kleyoker is Mevaris, the Kleyoker explains, as Ali in Yonan von der Brias and Abimispa Zayn, that everything in creation is in, in the framework of the number seven. Und der Mispa Shmini is Miyuchadel Abisbarach, and the number eight is unique to the Abishter, beyond, removed from creation. I just want to uh, 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 point out what the Kleyoker says. The Kleyoker comes and says that when it says, Bayoi Mashmini, some might touch Yoimashmini Labiluim, that it was the eighth day of the Miluim, of the of the seven days of preparation. So he says it can't be the eighth day of the Miluim because and then he meaning to say that, that, that it was one of the days of Miluim because it says in the Pasik, Kishivas Yadchem, that the Miluim, the days of preparation were seven days. And therefore it has to be separate, says the Klayakar from the other seven days. And with this he explains that the number seven represents mundane. And the number eight represents holiness. And he says that Moshe often was, was praised with the, num, with the word Oz. Like it says, Oz bossi Or Oz Yashir Moshe. Oz is an Aleph and a Zion. The Aleph rides above the Zion. The Zion is the mundane, natural order of things. And the, like, like the seven days of creation. And the Aleph is the Abishter that rides above the, the, the nature. And this is why Hashem revealed Himself to the Yidden on this day, because the, no, the day of Shmini, 
is special to Hashem. So this is following the idea that the number eight is removed from the seven. And what does this mean? As it's explained in various places, as the Mispar Shiva is nit blois koilul di inyonimus in the Briya Gufa. The number seven doesn't just include creation. Nor in Denvert Nichl Echder Erilikivas is Zikmislabish in the Briya. The number seven includes also the godly light that is permeated, that permeates the creation, just like the seven days of creation includes Shabbos. Und Shmini is meramis of dem oir, was is hecher von islapsus and welt. And Shmini, the number eight, this represents the light that is beyond coming down, being enclosed or permeated in worldliness. The oir that's beyond the stalshlus. That's on one side. On one extreme, eight is removed. It's 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 the oir shalomaylo meishtalshlus. Not even an oir leki that's in ishtalshlus. It's the oir leki shalomaylo meishtalshlus. Aber leidokisa. Weist der teich von word shmini gufa achter. The fact that the word shmini means the eighth. As das is nit kinyim b'fniatzmi. This shows that it's not its own thing. Nor azach was at hashayches and kumbemshich to the yonim from shiva. It's something that is connected and follows the the seven. You can't have a number eight without having seven before it. So it's not a, a separate thing. It's the eighth after the seven that came before it. So on the one hand, the eighth is removed from the seven. On the other hand, it can only come after you have the seven. And this is the novelty, the accomplishment of Shmini. Here is where is expressed the completion, the the, the, the completion of the Gili Alakus, the godly revelation. The Tachasakavana is the ultimate goal is as Eichter Erv as his Hacher for the Stalshlus. So Nimshech Verem Begiliyim Velt. That even the light that is beyond the Stalshlus, beyond the natural order, the infinite light, should be drawn down and revealed in the world, in the natural order of things. And Das is Menum is in Vartshmini, which is alluded to, it was symbolized in the, in the word Shmini as Eich Das was his Muvdul and Hacher for the Bria, even that which is removed and sublime. Sublime and removed from creation, from Chinesiva, from the seven before Canal Bechliyaka, like the Kliyaka says, that the eighth is unique and, re- and separated from the seven. So, Zainin and Eifin von Shmini, that even though it's removed from the seven, it should still be considered the eighth. It should still be connected to creation. So, it's a very simple thing. On the one hand, Shmini means removed. On the other hand, Shmini means it's connected to the seven. That's the Gilead Lakus, to take the removed sublime light and connect it to the, to, to the seven, to creation. So far, so good. Seems simple. This will explain to us, now that we understand that what's eight, what eight represents, eight represents the fusion of the light of Hashem that is removed from the world. And the world, the way it, it, it is in its natural order of things, how we bring these two things together. So that's the unique idea of eight. This will now explain to us the connection between eight and the coming of Mashiach. Which is why the kinner, the harp of Yemesa Mashiach will have eight strings. The chiddush was that zich uftam Mashiach, the chiddush, the novelty, 
that will be achieved in the time of Mashiach is the the glory of Hashem will be revealed and all flesh will see. Despite the fact that the glory of Hashem is infinitely higher than creation. Nevertheless, when Mashiach comes, it'll be in a revealed way, in a way that the flesh can see it. The physicality of this world can see it. In a literal seeing, in a literal vision of the physical flesh. So much so that the revelation of Kvedavaya will not be a chidish, a novelty, but it'll be something that is normal, that is accepted. He's going to explain in the next three paragraphs what does it mean, Bederachidish and Bederach Pshitus. And I'll just give you a quick intro. Bederachidish means something that is unusual. So there are certain things that, a, let, let's say, a person can do. person, when there's adrenaline, they can lift a car. So naturally speaking, a person can't lift a car. But something extraordinary happens, and they're able to do something that is unusual. It's not who they are, it's not what they do, but they're able to do it in this one, uh, you know, extraordinary case. That's B'derachidosh. B'derachidosh is something that we do regularly. But this is who I am. I have the strength to do it. I do it, I do it on a regular basis. That's the difference between Chiddush and Pshitus. And what he's going to say in the, is that there's two ways to get the Basar Agashmi to see Elokos. To that the physical person should be able to experience and see godliness. One way is because godliness is infinite. So godliness can break the barrier of this world. And reveal itself to the world. That's one way. But that doesn't affect the world. That is B'derachidosh. Because the world remains the same world. That is, that is not capable of seeing godliness. And it's just that the, the infinite light of God broke through the barrier. So it's something that is an external thing that is impacting the world. The other way to do it would be to transform the world. And give it the power to experience elokus, godliness revelation, and then it's not a chiddush, because once it became changed, once it became transformed, it now has the ability, the tools it needs to experience a lakus. So would mean that the world is changed in such a way that it now has the tools it needs to experience a lakus, that it becomes normal, for the lack of a better word, becomes normal for the, or accepted, for the person, for the world, to experience a lakus. That's what he's going to say in the next three paragraphs. The fact that the basar agasmi, the flesh, the material world, will be able to see the kveidavaya, the glory of Hashem, is going to be because of the nature and tools of their then physical existence. Because only then do you have, is it truly an experience in a normal, acceptable way. 
Because their boss are zet kveda vaye, nor mitzad dem boss their kveda vaye is bligvul. If the physical physical world is experiencing godliness because the glory of Hashem is infinite, under fire kenner arab kumenich lemata mata, and therefore it has the power to come down to the lowest of worlds. These two gizen veren echduch basar agasmi and be seen by the physical gash basar. But it's not coming because of the tools, the faculties of the actual flesh. Then the revelation in the world, even if it's in a literal vision, in an it's, it's a novelty. It is an external thing that is impacting the world. Because the fact that the Basar is seeing the glory of Hashem is not part of its nature. It's something that's being forced upon it externally. The true meaning of the the fact that when Mashiach comes, the physicality will be able to see the glory of Hashem. Because of the nature of the Basar itself, of the physicality itself. In the same way that today physical eyes can see physical things around them, so too, the same, it's just like an, uh, our eyes today can experience physical things around us, can see them, Baruch Hashem. So, so too, when Mashiach comes, the eye will experience a lukus. But this is the nature and the power of the, of the, of the physical eyes. So therefore, when that's the type of nigla kveda vayev erokol basar, that when Mashiach comes, the kveda vayev will be revealed not only to impose itself onto the world, but the world will be transformed, and it will be able to experience and see godliness as it sees anything else in its own natural form. Now we understand, now that we understand this transformation that occurs when Mashiach comes, that the experience of Elokus is coming from the nature of the world and not coming from the infinity of the Elokus. Now we understand the connection with the number eight. The number eight. The Benigla Kvei which we just explained, expresses the two extremes of Shmaina. On the one hand, the Kvei Davai is Hecher, or Muvdul, Bierach, from the Brivas, from the Misprezayim. The Kvei the glory of Hashem, is higher and removed from creation, which, rep- which is represented in the number seven. Nevertheless, it will be revealed in the world in such a way that, it'll, that the, the fact that the world can see it is be part of the nature of the world. In other words, that the fusion of the eight and the seven. The eight represents the removed, but it's coming down into the world to become part of the seven, where you see the connection of eight and seven. So that's where the kinner, the harp of Yemaisa Mashiach, is made up of, uh, of Shmoina Nimin, because Shmoina, the number eight, represents the, the time of Mashiach, where there will be the bridging of 
the 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 number the way it comes down into Bria it, to be seen by Bria from the nature of Bria itself, which is the number seven. So so far, everything is good. In other words, we uh, explained the idea of Shmini, that Shmini has two extremes. On the one hand, it's removed from the seven. On the other hand, it's connected to the seven. And we explained that the whole idea of Shmini is to bring together the, 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 the seven, the eight, and bring it down into the seven. We connected that with Yemaisa Mashiach, that in the time of Mashiach, the Gili Elokus will be in a way that the Eila Mitzat Atzmoy could see Elokus, Mitzat its own tools, so its own nature, and that is the ultimate expression of eight, when the eight, that which is removed from the world, connects itself with the world. So now we're going to have to understand this. Because we, we, we just ascribe to Elam Haza a, a, an ability that seemingly does not fit well with the way we understand Elam Haza operates. And that's what, this is what he's going to ask in Oizvav, in Sivav. The fact that the world is, is made in a way that you cannot see or experience godliness. You can't even truly see the elokus that is uh, 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 tailored to creation. Again, we, before we use the idea of the term external. That, if, that, that when you when, when you do something that's not you, it's considered an external thing that's that's a, a chiddush. It's a novelty. Here, the fact that a world cannot experience a lakus is not a novelty. It's not an external thing that's stopping it from seeing a lakus. Nor the far was the velt is The world is created in this way. In other words, the whole definition of the world is that it should conceal. Ungodliness. Since the concealment of Elokus is part of the world in its core being, and that's why the world is called Elam, which the name represents its true theme. And Elam comes from the word Helam, which means concealment. So if the world is meant to be, by definition, a concealment, as der vero called basar lasa lovey. So I mean, tzadik in a basar gufa. How is it possible that the basar itself should see a lakus as a natural thing from its own, from its own abilities? We bother that says heipech ufungeder utchunos a basar elam, which is the exact opposite of the whole construct of the flesh of the world. In short, if the world by definition is concealment, how could you change it to experience revelation? If you're going to tell me that the revelation is coming from above, okay, so the world is concealment, and from above comes the revelation, so there's a revelation, it's a chiddush. But if you're saying that the world itself will be transformed, that it can experience gilu because of its own abilities, then, then it's not oilam anymore. Then it's, oilam means concealment. How does a world, which by definition is concealment, how does it experience gilu from its own power? And for this, we're going to go into Siv Zayin and Ches, and we're going to introduce something which Lucheira is the Rebbe's Chiddush here in the Sicha to explain 
a passage in Tanya, which the Alter Rebbe says that, that, the, that the Gilui, when Mashiach comes, is Tolui, and our work and our deeds throughout the duration of the time of Golos. And we're going to ask, why is Golos relevant here? Seemingly, our actions, our mitzvahs, bring, bring Gilui and Tzav. Why is Golos relevant here? And by understanding how Golos becomes relevant, we'll understand how Olam will experience Giloi when Mashiach comes. Siv Zayin. Zogter al Now we're answering the question. We just explained that, Mashi that when Mashiach comes, the world is going to experience a Lakos with its own abilities, with its own nature. And we asked, how is that possible? If world is Helem, if world means concealment, how could concealment experience revelation? That this revelation of the infinite light of Hashem, which will be in the physical world, which will take place when Mashiach comes, and in the era of is is dependent on our actions and our work during the time of the duration of Golos. Why does the Alter Rebbe specify that it's specifically during the time of Golos? The fact that through our actions, through our deeds, we can accomplish a revelation of the of the of the infinite light of Hashem. This comes because of the unique quality of mitzvahs. As the Alter Rebbe says. Uh, 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 right there in Tanya, when a person does a mitzvah, the person draws down the revelation of the infinite light of Hashem from above down into this world, to permeate the physicality of this world. So therefore, when a does a mitzvah, the mitzvah has the power to connect the Eireen safe in this world. How does it connect specifically to the time of Golos? One of the biurim that could be said in this, and in this next paragraph, we're going is, is going to be the nekuda, the, the 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 nutshell of the answer, and then in the sifches and tes, we're going to elaborate a little more. So if you don't chop the whole thing at the end of this paragraph, don't uh, worry yet. Uh, we still have two more sifim that are going to elaborate on this in a very beautiful way. And but this is the this is the nekudasabir. In order for the revelation of Mashiach, the time of Mashiach at that it should be felt, experienced by the nature of the world, is as dafkiv and the amshacha as alakusha de amitzvus. But the amshacha kum lidei gilu lasad lavei is nit the atzuge geben azachim dalt will only be like we explained previously that. The Amshach HaSalakus cannot be an external thing. Das heißt, die Mitzvahs tun auf nor as in Welt soll zukommen an Eurelaki, aber die Welt gufe verbleibt, wie sie ist, gewend frier mit Sadiris Havos, Eilum Lashen Helem. That the Mitzvahs will add a light to this world, but the world will remain in its previous state, which is concealment. That can't be. Nor... As the Amshacha durch der Mitzvah soll sein, in as a öffnen, as die Machtiber de Gaspes elam Hazar. 
In order for the world to be able to experience a lakus when Mashiach comes, the mitzvah has to transform the world. The mitzvah by itself can bring light to the world, but it can't. But, but, but if it doesn't transform the world, then the world won't be able to experience that giloy of a nigla kvedavai. And that's why the Gilu of Mashiach is dependent on the time of Golos. This ability the Mitzvahs have to transform, to change the world, and make it something, make it different, that it could experience Gilu. This can happen primarily through the mitzvahs that are done in Golos. In other words, mitzvahs have the power to bring a lakusim to the world. But mitzvahs in Golos have the power to change the world to the point that the world could experience a lakus on a whole new level when Mashiach comes. And this is what he's going to explain more at length in the next few, next two seifim. First, we have to understand what's the power of mitzvahs. Why do mitzvahs have this power? Or how? That's what he's going to explain first, and then he's going to say why it's insufficient, the power of mitzvahs, and why you need goals. So he says, Sifches. The fact that mitzvahs, generally speaking, have the power to change the world, or to affect the world, to impact the world, is as follows. We know it says so the world is created for two races. One race is the Yidden, and the other race is the Teda. Is, is, is the Teda. The world was created, the purpose of the world was created, the Yidden. Through Teda, Mitzvah, Zol, and Uftan, Gileolokus, and Velt should accomplish, should bring about a revelation of Alokus, of godliness in the world. That the revelation of godliness, which is accomplished, which is drawn down through Yidin. And Teire is need ken inyibos kumtalt davernes Again, we're using this expression. It's not something external to the world, that the world is the world. And then comes from the side, the Yidin, and Teire mitzvis, and they try to impact the world. No. Since the 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 revelation of Alakus is part of the ultimate goal and purpose of creation, this means to say that the world, at least on a deeper level, demands that its purpose should be fulfilled, the revelation of Elokus into the world through the Yid. Just to explain this a little bit, a, a, a little bit, in different ICS a little bit, when a human being creates something, builds something, his intent, his purpose of why he's building it, is not part of the building. You can build, build a table, and why you want a table is not relevant to the actual table. Meaning to say that, 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 that I can build a table for one reason, you can build a table for another reason, and both tables will look exactly the same. Because the intent of the table is not part of the table. Of course, 
You're not going to build a, 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 a standard if you want a table. You, know, you, you have to know why you're building. But it, the purpose of the building and the building itself are two separate things. But by the Eibishter, where less asar everything is one. So the intent of something is part of the actual creation. When the Eibishter says, the kavone in Yehi'er is part of the Yehi'er. You can't separate the two things. They become one thing. So now, when the Abishter created the world, and part of creating the world was for the purpose of Gileelikus by Yidin through Tero Mitzvahs, that becomes part of creation. Now, in parentheses, he says, which means that ultimately the world is in as hell. So, when we see it superficially, the world is hell. But beneath the surface, there is an aspect of creation that is actually built in that it wants revelation. And it, from time to time, it will demand that revelation because that's what it is. That's part of it. So now we're learning a very new idea here. That when the Abister created the world, the world is and that's its primary uh, a purpose. But also, because built into the world is the kavana of Gileelikus, so the, the world also has the ability, or the power, or the need, rather, the need for Gileelikus, and is part of creation. But this, this built-in uh, need is not enough for the world to experience revelation. In other words, the world is by definition concealment, but it also has a need for reveal for, for revelation. But that need for revelation is bipnimi yusay. It's it's concealed, and it's sometimes dormant, and sometimes it comes out. It comes out is not a good English word. Uh, sometimes it expresses itself. So, but dosalein is not masvik. But it's not good enough. The fact that, that there's a, a lying, dormant need for revelation is not enough to transform the world. But we bow that they gather from Elam from Lashon Elam Canal because since Elam world means concealment, that by definition, it is in its core being is, is something that it does not experience its purpose for which it was created. And the country, by definition, it was created to be a concealment. Consequently, So now, when mitzvahs try to bring a lakusim to the world, it seems like an, an external thing. Because it's either or. The, the, the need for revelation is is dormant. It's, it's real Metzius, it's ultimate, ex, the expression of its Metzius is Helem. So if you're going to try to impose a Gilui on this Helem, it's going to be an external imposition that's not part of the world itself. And this issue will be solved by Golos. By the, by, by the fact that the Gilu is accomplished through Golos. Let's just make sure that we're, that we're, 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 we're keeping up. 
in Seif Zion. In Sivov, he asked, how could Oila Milosh and Helim experience Gilud? So he started explaining to us like this, that the world was created for the purpose of Giliolikus. And therefore, the world inherently has a need for Giliolikus. That's part of it. But since it's Etzem Metzius, is still, is still Helim Vehester, so the Oilam is concealing even on this Nekuda, even on this the aspect that wants revelation. The, 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 the concealment of the world is more powerful than that dormant need for revelation. And therefore, even though mitzvahs have the power to bring revelation because it's part of the, because revelation is part of the creation of the world, but nevertheless, there is a concealment that's blocking it. And, and because of that, the impact that mitzvahs have will only be an external novel impact and not an internal uh, uh, natural impact. And in order to change it, to, to be a natural internal impact, we need to have Maaseinu Vedaseinu calls Mamashachagolos, and that's what he's going to explain in Siftes. During Golos, there is a that during Golos there is a there is the koyach hamesidus nefesh, the power of mesidus nefesh of sacrifice, is greater than it was during the zman abayis during the time of Moshiach, of Beis Hamikdash. Sorry. Vel dafkid der helum vehester from zman agolus rufteres tegilim from mesikach hamesidus nefesh because specifically the concealment, the darkness of golus draws out this deep power of mesidus nefesh. How is it possible that concealment, Golos, should, should draw out, should bring out revelation? Revelation, which is, which is the opposite of Helam, opposite of Golos. There are two paradoxical things. So you might answer, that's how nature works. That, that 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 darkness demands draws uh, out light. gashmi of them, as there is a, an analogy in the physical world, as an ekev shebereglas that the shlitas haratzim from nefesh. Maybe this is a noish that the that the the heel is more controlled by the head than the head. For example, it's easier to put your foot into hot water than it is to put your head into hot water. The foot is more obedient than the head is. Why? Because the foot has, le- the, 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 the life force of the foot is concealed. The, 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 the moyach is in the head. So, so what we see from over here is that the rotsen, the will of the person is revealed more in a place where the, the moichin and the midas are hidden. So, so, so you're gonna say you're asking me why does why does how does Helen bring Gilu? That's how nature is. That Helen, the darkness brings the, the the more the more you're removed from the from the light, the more control you have. 
and the more ability you have to, 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 to express this tune must be understood. Why did the Abyssin create the world in a way that you need Helim to bring out Giluts? The first question was, how does Helim reach Giluts? Are you going to say that it's a natural way? You know, when, person, when it's dark, a person wants light. When a person is in the light, he doesn't want light so much. So why did the Abyssin create the world in such a way that you need to have darkness in order to, to bring light? Or you need concealment in order to bring about revelation? Is the Asbara Baza in depth? So here is the explanation. In order to fulfill the goal of making this world a dwelling place for Hashem, as the Welt Guf is over in Adira, that the world itself should become a dwelling place for Hashem. Even from its own natural standpoint, how did Abister Bashafin developed as Aifin? Listen, follow the Abister created the world in such a way as in ears that within the world itself it should be it should reflect its purpose. In other words, within creation, there's a re- is already you can already see the purpose of creation. And since the purpose of this world, the purpose of this world, the, the, the purpose of the fact that the world is created in a concealed way is so that it should bring to a greater revelation, that from the darkness itself should come a greater light. Their fire is developed. Therefore, the world is established in such a manner as that the helm, that the concealment itself, should be the receptacle, should be the vehicle to the light. So, just to explain this last paragraph. This last paragraph is telling us like this. The world was created in a way that the Helm should lead to Gilui. That concealment should, should, should lead to revelation. Because whatever the Abister wants, he needs the ultimate purpose to be reflected in the creation itself. So if the purpose of creation is that Helm should lead to Gilui, then in the Helm itself, there's a built-in ability to, read, to, to reach Gilui. And that you need the Helm to get to the Gilui, you need the concealment to reach the revelation. So in our question, our question was, doesn't the concealment contradict the revelation? That was our question initially. The answer is, no, it doesn't. Because the Abister created the world in a way that the concealment should not contradict the revelation. On the contrary, the concealment should lead to the revelation. So, and, and, and that, we're going to see in a minute, that happens in Golas. In, in mitzvahs by themselves have the power to bring down a lukus. But mitzvahs is van since the helm is, 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 is so strong, it has the power to, to trigger the gilui that is triggered by helm which was built into creation because you need to have that uh, the ultimate goal of creation should be built into creation. Um, Umvibald will summarize again at the end of this if. 
und wie bald ich in Welt gufe, wie sie ist nach einem Malaschen Helm. Eder ist wert nicht gala, die Kavana was in ihr. Since in, world, in the world itself, the world as a concealment, spiegelt sich ab als die Kavana von Helm Helm gufe. This is reflecting the fact that the whole purpose of the revelation is to trigger a greater light. The river is the Therefore, the revelation that happens through mitzvahs is not something that is added on as an external thing to creation, but it's part of creation because this is how creation, how the Abyss created the world. In other words, the Abyssal created the world with, number one, that the purpose is for, for Gileolikos. Bayidin through Teiru Mitzvah. And therefore, there is a need, a desire for revelation. That is covered up by the concealment. But that concealment has the power to trigger revelation as well. And during Golos, and this is the Azbara from them, this is what it means in the Alta Nebbe says in Tanya, that the Gili of Yemes Mashiach is dependent on our Avoida during Golos. Wert in dem Helm von Eilam Gufa Areis gebracht und ist Galle als ein Kavone ist der Gili oder Kusnim Shachalaterimitzvis. The Messidus Nefesh that is triggered by Golos has the power to bring out or to express the fact that its ultimate goal of the Helm was the Gili oder Kus. Und das ist die Sibbe, was die am Shachas oder Kusch oder der Mitzvah von Agolos ist Peul BSSS. This is why the Mitzvah, the am Shachas oder Kusch, the, uh, the drawing down of the Kusch that is done through Mitzvah during Golos, is Peul BSSS und es ist mehr mislabisch und der Mitzvah von Gassmus Elam as a Gufa, is able to have a more of an impact and more and permeate stronger in the existence of the physical world. Bis as es kommt, dass Lasse Lobe begilisch, so much so that Lasse Lobe, when Shiach comes, it will be revealed as the Venigliquei Davai, but oh, that it will be a natural thing that we could that the basar the physical could experience the the glory of Hashem the revelation of godliness so it just took us a little bit on a roundabout journey but it taught a very very important nakuda and that is that the helm is bishvila gili until we and this is uh, you know it, it says in in the in the source of this sicha it's, it says, Shabbos Parashas Shmini, Tavshin Lamed Aleph, Tavshin Lamed Vav, Shabbos Parashas Achrei, and Maimer of Achrei, Shabbos Tavshin Chafei. The Maimer of the Nocha, Tavshin Chafei, which is Muga, and printed in Sefer of Amar Melukit, uh, discusses this idea, the Helen Bishvila Guli, at length. And uh, it's always recommended to understand the Sikha even better, to learn the Maimer. But initially, we started out explaining that the purpose of that the, the purpose Mashiach comes is that the Basar should be able to experience a lakus on its own as as an internal as a natural thing, not as a supernatural external thing. So we asked the question: How is a shayach for Eilam, which is gil, which is helam, concealment to experience gilu? So we explained that there's two things. Number one, there's my samitzis. 
Maisa Mitzvah has the power to bring down a Lakus into this world because the world was created with the Kavona to have Gilead Lakus. And therefore, since on a deeper level, the world was, was created with this intent and this intent is part of creation, therefore the world has a, a yearning for revelation. But the concealment of the world is greater than that yearning. However, this concealment of the world that is greater than that yearning actually has a built-in caveat, has a built-in trigger for Gilui, that when a person does a mitzvah, which is, has the power to draw down alakus, but he does it with mesidus nefesh, because the darkness of the world is so strong that it demands the person to bring out deeper kaiches in him, which he's able to do because the whole purpose of the halim is for the gilui, is for the revelation. Therefore, the person doing a mitzvah in Golos triggers this gilui, this yisrein ha'oyr, that is, that is meant to come from the chayshech, and therefore binds, fuses together this world with the godliness much more than mitzvahs without zman ha'golos. And so much so that by the time Mashiach comes, when there's the Venigla Kvedavaya, the Bosar has been so transformed, Sai by the mitzvah and Sai by the helm of Golos, which triggered a, lot, a greater Gilui, that the person is now able, that the world, the Bosar Agasmi, is now able to experience a Lakus as its own thing, Mitzad, its own nature, and not just as an external thing that is added on. So now we understand the idea of Shmaina. This, this whole discussion came in to explain Shmaina. What is Pshat Shmaina? Shmaina, or Shmini rather, is Pshat that the thing that is removed from the world, number eight, connects to the seven, connects to the world in a way that it's Bederach Pshitus, not Bederach Chidush, that the world itself on its own could experience this lofty light. So now that we understand what Shmini means, Shmini is this messianic uh, uh, level of revelation where we can combine, bridge together the light that's removed from the world and fuse it into the worldliness and the natural aspect of the world. Now we're going to come back to the now we can explain the difference between the connection of Shmini to Tzav and the connection of Shmini to Zeisachaya. In the seven days of preparation, which is Discussed in the end of Parshas Tzav. Aaron and his sons accomplished everything that could be accomplished by this uh, uh, lowest of worlds. Even that alakus that is done by Yisrusa de Latata that is able to come down from above and brought down into this physical world. Like we said in the beginning of the Sicha, that the Ur, the key that's in Bria, is still part of Zion. So that was all done by Arun They brought down any light that is possible to come down into this world. They, they accomplished.
Aber das alles ist gewähnt wie eine Hachonne und eine Akdame zu Gefeder This is only a preparation and a precursor to the glory of Hashem. To the Rashras, Hashchina, the Mishkan, the Yemashmin, and the Miluim, to the dwelling of the Shechina in the Mishkan on the eighth day. A dozel zayin and an eifin from Shmini that it should be on a level of Shmini that says as Pchinis and Lukus was moved to the Gamli from the Bria. So then, in Farbund and Eich Midinyani Abrisha, Mispazayin that the godliness that is removed from creation should bind itself and connect itself with creation that is alluded to, that is represented in the number seven. So, Taka, Tzav, and Shmini are connected because Tzav was a preparation for Shmini, but Tzav is only a preparation. In other words, what happens on, in Shmini, in Parsha Shmini, that happens uh, 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 on the eighth day. On those previous seven days, that couldn't take place. Now, let's talk about Zeisachayim. In the Parsha of Zeisachayim, where it discusses non-kosher animals and, and animals that, that, that make a person tame by touching them. And the prohibition to eat them or to touch them. This is part of Shmini. The preparation for the Yema Shmini, that's in a different parsha. But the Kashara, not Kashara animals, that's in Shmini. Why? What's the connection? The Zichuch von Elam Lashen Helam was durch den Verdariz gebracht, Bishlemus as ein Kavonis, Lib Gili Alakus. The refinement of the world. When you are able to express fully that the ultimate goal of the concealment is the revelation, to be able to reveal the light that is totally removed from creation, there is der zichoch tutzichuf durch dem was is do dimitzias. This refinement of the world we just explained at length that the world was created in a, that the concealment is for the purpose of revelation so how do you refine the world when you create the world in a way that there's a space for the most tomic thing for the most concealment animals that are tomic and nevertheless there is a separation you elevate, you, you, you remove the holy, the, 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 the pure and the impure, the chaya that could be eaten and the chaya that can be eaten. Bedugmuth Baimar Hazal, similar to what Hazal tells us, Al Yemar Odom, EFC Bibsar Chazir, person shouldn't say, I don't want Chazir flesh. Ela FC, Uma Esa Ovish, Bismam, God's are alive, but I do want it. What should I do? My father in heaven decreed that it's prohibited. When you say, I don't want it at all, you're, you're not dealing with it. You're removing yourself from it. So you can't, you, you can't change it. You can't affect it. But when you say, I want to eat it, but I'm not eating it because the Abish that told me I'm not allowed to eat it, what you're doing is now you're elevating the concealment that made it possible for tummy to exist. In other words, very often we say that if a food is kosher, you eat it for the proper kavona, then you are elevating that food and it becomes a, a, a part of Kiddusha. But if you eat it for no reason at all, then it's, then it's, then it's a klipas noiga. 
But if something is treif, you're not allowed to eat it, then it's kosher of asr and you can't elevate it. Here he's saying something else. Here he's saying something that's asr. And you serve Hashem by not eating it. What you're doing is you're taking the concealment that made it possible for something to be asr, and you're refining that concealment and triggering a gili oir that comes afterwards. The fact that you're that you're that you're addressing that something has to be separated from. I can't eat this. I'm acknowledging the halim, and I'm being mezachechet by not eating it, by not eating this food, or by not uh, becoming tummy. And I'm utilizing the halim and turning it into a gilu. I'm being mezachech the halim. I'm refining the halim. When we the matter is the Medrash says this teaching on Zaysa Behema, on this uh, um, Parsha that's going to discuss the Behemoth that could be eaten or can't be eaten. It says the mitzvahs were given to Yidin for the purpose of refining them. Sometimes Siruf means to combine. Here Siruf means uh, 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 like, like, like uh, refining silver. That the mitzvahs were given to the Yidin in order to refine them. Refined, or, or refined creation. In other words, even mitzvahs that tell me I'm not allowed to eat something, even there there's a refinement for creation. By, by, by recognizing that the Elam has, uh, has things that are also, because there's, because there's klippa, there's concealment. And nevertheless, I stay away from it. This is a way that I am refining the Elam and, and refining the world. Und durch dem, was in dem Elam spiegelt sich ab sein Kavanavatachlis. And through Allowing that within this concealment, it can reflect its ultimate purpose. The revelation of Alakus. The Ratzin Asmi for Na'idin, which is the true Ratzin of Ayid. That Hashem decreed upon me, Ayid wants the Gili Alakus. Which is becoming revealed through this Yid, through this Helm, through staying away from this not kosher food. This accomplishes the, the revelation of Shmini. As the Gili Olokus was his hacker in Gansen for Welt, that this revelation that's totally removed from the world, where Nizgale in Shiva, it becomes revealed in the seven, as where Shmini becomes the eighth. Nizgale in Nizachit in the Brir Gufa Kinal Barucha, it becomes revealed and unified with creation itself, as explained at length. So now that we understand, that the whole purpose of creation is, the, is for revelation. And therefore the Abish they're built into the concealment. The fact that concealment leads to revelation, actually it leads to a greater revelation, a greater light than we would have without the concealment. So when we perform mitzvahs in a place, in a time of concealment, which is galus, we trigger the gilui that that is built into the halim, that is built into the concealment, this prepares us for the coming of Mashiach, where this will be realized completely, that the Kveid Avayi will be seen by the Basa. And this is the Pshat of Shmini. That Shmini is the bridge between the, 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 the light of above and the seven, that it becomes part of creation. And that's why, when discussing Parshas Tzav, the seven days, the physical world, the light that is naturally or, or automatically part of the, of the physical world, that's all a preparation. That's not part of Shmini. 
That's before Shmini. Then comes Shmini. We're talking about a light that is beyond creation, which was revealed on that day and will ultimately be revealed when Mashiach comes. And the connection to the non-kosher animals is because the non-kosher animals represent the Helem. And they represent the Helem that gives the person the power to trigger the Gilui. And that's the ultimate, and that's the connection with Shmini. Because the, the, the non-kosher animals, which, which are the Helem, are the Shiva, that leads to the Gilui that brings the light from above into the Shiva. So very interesting connection. The Medrash says that when the Abishter taught Moshe Rabbeinu, the non-kosher animals, Moshe actually saw in each animal the, the, the Malchias, the different nations that are going to exile the Yidden. For example, it says over there, Hagomol is Bavel. He says, Ashrei sheyishalem loch as gmulech, gmulech, which comes from the word of gamol, which is said by Al-Nar as Bavel. As Hashafon as Modai, Arneves as Yovon, says that Talmai, who was a, 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 a Melech Yovon, his mother's name was Arneves. And Chazir, first it says it's Paras, and then it says it's Edom, which we'll see in a moment. So Moshe Rabbeinu, when he learns about the, the non-Kashara animals, he's actually learning about the different Malchia is the different kingdoms that are going to exile Yidden. As the Madras over there uh, uh, explains uh, uh, individually the darkness and concealment of each Gallus. But now it makes beautiful sense. The, 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 the non kosher animals on Gallus. But in the Uftu and Gilif and Zaysachaya Gamer, Lahabdil Gamer, is the Rinyim, but Tutsachabdil Deagolis. The same thing that's accomplished by the non kosher animals is accomplished by Gallus. The Golos is a darkness that leads to a light, and the non-kosher animals are a darkness that lead to a light. And the ultimate revelation will be which is a time uh, where the kinner, the harp, will have eight strings, the number eight will be revealed. And as the over there in Yikra Rabba concludes with regards to that Chazir represents Edom. Why is it called the It will return the crown to the rightful owner. Like it says in the passage, that, that we're going to go to judge Har Esav, which Esav is Edom. And then the Abishtel will give, be given back to Malucha. That the, 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 then when Mashiach comes, will be the ultimate Gilui, even on Esav, even on Golos, on Edom. Even on, on the Golias, they will experience the ultimate Gilui. So now that we they explain Shmini, that the whole idea of Shmini, how connected to, to, to Zeisachaya, that the Zeisachaya is the Helen Bishvila Gilui, which is, and the Gilui is, is Shmini, now it makes sense what it's doing in this week's Parsha, in Parsha Shmini, and how it connects. And the whole idea of Shmini is the idea of the Gilui, of the Eshelem, in Eilam. And now this Medrash makes a lot of sense that the, that the, that the animals represent Golos because they do the same thing. And ultimately, when Mashiach comes, uh, all of these Goliaths, all of these Malchiaths will recognize that the Abishter is the is Haisla Hashem Amlucha because then will be the ultimate Gilui of 
of Elokus on Elam Hazah, that even Elam Hazah as Bosar, with its own Teva and its own nature, will experience the Gilui Shalemayim.